today on Hands On Photography, I've been looking around at some old photographs, you know, and, and apparently a lot of you, too, out there in the Hands On Photography community, been looking at some old photographs and been wanting to restore them. Well, that's what we're going to get into this week, doing some photo restorations. I have some tips and tricks and some options for you, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Y'all stay tuned. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This episode of Hands On Photography is brought to you by Melissa. Over 10,000 clients worldwide in industries like retail, education, healthcare, insurance, finance, and government rely on Melissa for full spectrum data quality and ID verification software. Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today with 1,000 records clean for free at melissa.com slash twit. Hey, what's happening, everybody? I am Ant Pruitt, and this is Hands-On Photography here on Twit. I hope y'all are doing well. I'm unbelievable, as always. I love to sit down on this fine podcast to share different tips and tricks that's going to help make you a better photographer as well as a better post-processor. And every now and then, I like to try to go through some of your feedback, which is what's going on today. So, yes, today I got some emails that comes in and and. And I said, you know what? This is going to be a great subject for discussion. Let's share this with all of our loyal hands-on photography listeners and viewers. Um, Before we get into that, allow me to say welcome to the brand new folks joining the show for the first time. Hey, welcome to you. Thanks for popping on in. Go ahead and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. You don't have to do it on Apple Podcasts if you don't want to. Although, if you do... I really do appreciate it because, you know, they really help out with ratings and stuff. But check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or just look up all of our subscription options over on the Hands-On Photography website. So you can go to twit.tv slash hop. That's twit.tv slash H-O-P for Hands-On Photography. You'll see all the subscription options there, and you'll see all of our previous episodes and previous show notes and videos. All right, so preambles out of the way let's get started with this week's show as i previously mentioned we got some feedback coming in from you the loyal hands-on photography listeners so let's go ahead and pull up that email the email says aunt i recently did a lot of work helping my parents digitize all of their photos some fifteen thousand of them good lord that's a lot of photos of course a lot of old ones like wedding photos were in pretty bad shape many were faded torn or other forms of age Is there any chance you could do an episode on photo restoration? Are there tools to help with that? Or is it all normally done by hand? I have no problem with you sharing my email. I am excited to hear your comments and ideas. Right now, I only have access to Corel Photo Suite, purchased from a different project several years ago. I have also played with GIMP. That's the uh, GNU Image Manipulation Program, the open source version of Photoshop, if you will. However, depending on what is possible, obtaining something for the purpose of helping my mom out could be worth it. Love the show. I listen while I work overnight. Thank you, Chad Steinblock. Wow. Hey, Mr. Chad, thank you for your support of the show and thank you for writing in. This is an outstanding topic because um, I'm starting to see a lot of this pop up here in my social media. If you're following me over on Twitter, that's Ant underscore Pruitt or on Instagram, it's Ant underscore Pruitt. Uh, 
there's people that's been tagging me pretty much with the same question. I was like, huh, it must be something in the air. You know, I don't know if it's just this time of year and it's getting close to the holiday season and people are just trying to do these different types of restoration projects. And, you know, so to answer your question, there are there are a couple of tools involved in restoring photographs. Of course, you know, you first got to get your hands on said old photograph like this one I have here. Uh, and just get it scanned. Okay. So you get it scanned and then you bring it into your computer, uh, to do the restoration process. Uh, most of the time Photoshop is, is, is a very popular tool to do this restorations, regardless if you do it yourself or if you take it to a, 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 a shop or what have you, you're using something like Photoshop or even affinity photo and just using the tools to help bring that image back to life. And, the thing is, you just said 15,000 images. And I got to tell you, Mr. Chad, um, ooh, that one made me cringe a little bit because I've done some photo restoration. I've only done probably in the last in the last three years, I've done two. Why is that? Because it's tedious. I mean, it is a job <laughs> to restore one photograph and I only did two because it took that much time over these last couple of years uh, to make sure that it's done right. You know, I don't want it to just sort of be a, a half half effort, if you will. I want it to look right and really make it nice for the people that wanted the, the images restored. Um, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. And um, but it's, it's totally doable with with something like Photoshop. Uh, you mentioned having Corel. Um, I'm not going to recommend that. I would recommend GIMP, just as you already said you've been using, because GIMP has a lot of the same tools that Photoshop has. Um, so what I want to do is just sort of walk you through the actual process of doing a restoration and show you a couple of different options. I'm going to show you the tedious side of it, and then I'm going to show you right at the end of the show the really, really easy side of it. Well, somewhat easy because you still may want to do a little bit more fine tuning on some things, but let's go ahead and let's talk about just getting the image scanned. So I've already scanned an image and it's not this image that I have in my hand, but I've already scanned an image and there's some things that you have to consider when you're scanning your photograph, whatever image scanner that you have, make sure that you're able to scan and get a lot of DPI, you know, that's dots per inch, highly recommend at least 300 DPI. If you can go higher, go higher. It's not going to hurt. It's just going to give you a lot more data to work with uh, when it comes to bringing that photo into one of your manipulation programs and being able to push around some pixels to make things look better. Um, so for me, when I scanned my particular image, I set it to maybe 300 DPI. I don't know if I set it higher or not, but it was fine. And then don't use a JPEG. Use something like a, a PNG file or if you're system is capable of handling a TIFF file, do that. Again, it's all uncompressed data uh, that you're going to allow your photo manipulation program to play around with and push the pixels, pixels around to make things look better. Now, so after you got it scanned, open it up in your editor of choice and let's get started on it. So, so what you should see is Photoshop here and I have over here on the right hand side, on the left hand side of the screen, there's another little picture behind it. We'll get into that in a little bit. Now, this is a, this is an image that I scanned. Um, so let me see. Let me 
turn that off. This is what it originally looked like, okay, when it was scanned in. And as you can see on the screen, there are some interesting little creases and folds and things like that. Now, granted, this photograph is not as in bad a shape as some others that you may come across, but this is still something that yeah, it needs a little bit of work. I mean, there's another crease going down my leg here. Uh, it just, yeah, it ain't perfect. Even the crease going directly across my face, totally distorted my face. Yeah. And if you haven't figured it out, this is me back in my high school football days. So it's an old photograph from the newspapers that, you know, what have you. So, and I cropped it out because I did not have the consent of sharing my teammates face here on the show. So I cropped this out. Just we're going to work with this one the way it is. All right. So let's start this progress. So first we have to take a look at uh, what's going on with all of the scratches and, and the folds and creases and things like that. I like to start more so with the, the creases and just go into a bit of a clone stamping or healing brush option. And again, you can do this inside of Photoshop. You can do this inside of, um, affinity photo and you can do this inside of GIMP, but just be prepared to spend a lot of tedious time. All right. So let's start by working on this fold directly over my shoulder and the 87 here. So I'm going to hit J on my keyboard and hop into the spot healing brush and see if we can do that here. So let me get a copy of my layer. Let's go ahead and duplicate that like so. And we'll just start working on this and see if we could just sort of brush away the creases like that. And so far that looks fine. And another thing to consider is every now and then you're going to have to really zoom in on your image to knock out these little fine details. Okay. So like this crease here on my arm, get rid of that, move it around a little bit. You know, then there's this torn up piece right here on the, on the shoulder. See if we can wipe that out. And apparently, no, that's not looking very good. So you have to take another step. So in this instance, I would hit S on my keyboard and bring up my clone stamping tool. And I'll just hold down the alt or option key if you're on a Mac and just click here to take a sample of that particular area. And then I'll just brush it in to try to blend in this area and get rid of that, you know, looks like it was just torn out piece of the torn out piece of the portrait there. So we'll just blend this in like so. And you will go on and do stuff like this for hours, <laughs> depending on how how rough the image is from a um, quality standpoint and age standpoint, if you will. So we'll just do a few things here. I'm not going to spend the whole show totally restoring this, but I just want you to get the idea of the things that you have to look at. And so if we go over here on my face, I could probably go back to the healing brush. So I just hit J again, just brush that out, brush all of these little, little marks out. Whoops. I didn't mean to hit that button. There we go. Brush all those little marks out. Like you see here on my face. Can't really brush that away because that's going directly across my eye. So that probably won't work. I'm going to have to come back and redo that. Stuff like that. 
Okay, so you get the gist. Just go around and do a lot of fine tuning on the details of it. Now, next, there's another thing that you can consider is is coloring. Some people would like to restore these images and then they would also like to colorize them. And it's totally doable. But again, <laughs> it's another bit of tedious work. So here, here's there's a couple of things that you need to consider with it. Uh, when you're working in something like Photoshop, working in layers is going to be so much easier for you instead of trying to work on one layer to do everything uh, with the colorization process. So what I'd like to do is set up some adjustment layers over here on the bottom right. So I'll just click this little icon and select the solid color adjustment layer. OK, now you see it brought up just this random color picker. So what I'll do is I'll just pick, say, blue or something like that. And then just hit OK and then go over here to the blending modes of your layer. And I'm going to change that blending mode from normal to soft light. OK. All right. There we go. Now, so next, what we want to do is mask out. Because what has happened is it has applied blue to the whole image. I didn't want blue to be on the whole image. I wanted blue to only be applied to the jersey. Okay, because the jersey I'm wearing here in this photograph, my memory serves me right. We wore a dark blue jersey with white pants and red helmets. So I don't want the helmet to be blue. I don't want the pants to have a blue hue or anything like that. I only want this to affect the jersey. So on that solid solid color layer, you just select your layer mask button this right here. And we've talked about layer mask before on the show. Mr. Victor can give us that episode number right about here as a lower third. Thank you, Mr. Victor, because you're so good like that. Um, but you want to take that layer mask and let's just fill it with black or just hit control I and it'll invert it. So now that takes us back to how the image originally looked with a little bit of touch up on those different creases and things like that. And since I want my jersey to be blue or handle the, the blue color from that adjustment layer, all I have to do is paint it in on top of the layer mask. And since the layer mask is set to black right now, that means we need to paint in white to reveal what is um, going to be on the mask. So I'm going to hit B on my keyboard for the brush tool. And I'll look over here on the left side of my of Photoshop and see that the swatches is selected for black and white like that. And I want this to be white and then just zoom in a little bit on your image like so. There you go. And then just start to paint in. And again, a lot of this is easier with the Wacom stylus. I don't have the stylus in front of me at this moment, but it's so much easier that way with the stylus versus a mouse, but you can change at the top, the brush flow and the brush opacity that makes things give you a little bit more touch. So let's just brush in the blue on the Jersey and I'm just barely clicking like so. And because we have this at a blend mode of soft light, it's a color that's going to look way more natural when it's blending in. Okay. So if I zoom out a little bit and just let you look at that corner, and if I change this blend mode back to normal, now it just looks like I just dabbed a bunch of blue paint on there. This way, 
changing that blending mode to soft light, we still get a little bit more detail in there. We still can play around with this <laughs> and make it look better. Uh-oh, it's not letting me zoom in. There we go. But you just sort of dab in what you're trying to paint on your scene, like so. Not too bad there. All right, so I'm not going to do the whole jersey, but you get the gist of it here. And if you happen to just go too far with it, like right here, I decided to get a little heavy handed with the paintbrush and ended up going all over my neck. Well, again, we're working with layer masks. It's easy to fix that. You just brush it away by using the opposite color. Instead of using white this time, we'll hit X on the keyboard and it'll switch it to a black brush and just paint it away erasing your, you know, heavy handed paint job, right, right there, just like that. Okay. So that's just handling the, the blue Jersey. But again, what about the red helmet? What about heck? What about me? What about my skin tone? That could be the tricky part here. So if we take a look at this, if you see over here on the left-hand side of Photoshop, I have another little image over here that's got my son in it just barely <laughs> I guess let me see if I can move that around can I move that around there we go you can barely see his leg there so what I'm going to do is make a new uh, solid solid color adjustment layer okay and you notice Photoshop allows me to have this little color picker uh, eyedropper tool if I just click and hold that's taking a sample of whatever color I'm clicking on. So if I hold and drag up to the top, notice it changed the color to this grayish um, graphite color. But it's not necessarily locked to Photoshop. I can continue to hold down my left click button and drag all the way out of Photoshop to another screen, you know, or in this case, just drag over to the uh, picture of my son and just select his skin tone on his leg like so, here we go, and it's gonna give me that color, all right? So now, I'm gonna click OK, and then I'm gonna change the blend mode again, the soft light, like so, and then we'll bring the image back into a better view. Here we go, bring the image back, and again, everything is, is all everything is picking up that color. I didn't want everything to pick up that color. So we need to mask that out again. So we'll click on the layer mask and we'll hit control or command I to invert the layer mask. And we got that. Okay. So now we can go in and brush in my skin tone for this image. So we'll just hit B on our keyboard for the brush tool, select to have it as a white brush and just start to paint the skin tone in like so. And I'm doing this very, 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 very rough job of painting in my skin. Like that. So it's now starting to become a little bit more colorized. And there's so much more that would need to be done on this. You know, not only are you just colorizing the, the subject matter, but then you also have to worry about the background and things like that. And again... That's just two layers that I've worked on here. And I've been talking to y'all for about 20 minutes now. And we're nowhere close to being done. 
it is a lot of work to to restore photographs by hand. So for me, if you want to do it, hey, I say have at it. Just make make sure you can carve out some time to really do it right. You know, and I'm doing a rough job, so this looks really, really bad. <laughs> but you can spend some time and really um, bring out the details and bring out luminosity and things like that and make it look even better. Um, but then there are some other options out there. There are different services, uh, such as like a, a camera shop. So here in the Santa Rosa area, uh, there's a store here called Shutterbug Camera that I frequent quite often because I always I always run out of something and they just have stuff there that I need, you know, stuff for grip or what have you, something for lighting or props or clamps or whatever. Uh, but they also offer printing services and they also have a uh, photo restoration services and the pricing is going to vary depending on where you look and it depends on the quality uh, of the photo that you have is it an, an absolute mess it's probably going to cost you a lot more to have that one restored i know shutterbug their prices range from according to the website 49.99 up to 139.99 um, and that's on a four by six uh, photograph that's been uh that's going to be restored so your mileage may vary depending on the shop, depending on the photograph that you use. Um, so that's something to consider. But again, there are some other tools out there that you can consider uh, for the rest- restoration process. But before we get to that, I want to take a few minutes to thank this week's fine sponsor, the folks at Melissa. This episode of Hands On Photography is brought to you by Melissa. Melissa, a leading provider of global data quality, identity verification, and address management solutions, has announced the availability of its 2023 Melissa's Solution Catalog, highlighting their comprehensive suite of solutions and services that help keep customer data clean, current, and enriched for the greatest insights and most efficient business practices. Melissa's Solutions Catalog features data quality enrichment and identity verification solutions powering compliance, fraud prevention, sales, customer engagement, and analytics. Developed as an industry resource for database administrators and developers alike, this catalog highlights tools that can clean, verify, update, and dedupe and enrich customer contact information. Capabilities can be implemented at any point in the data chain and are designed to ensure all your global quote people data addresses, names, phone, phone numbers and email addresses. They're all validated and updated and standardized. You know, it's pretty bizarre if you look at a database for for like contact information and addresses are all types of formats you know some things have one two three main street then there's others that'll say one two three main st when it should just be street you know got to standardize that kind of stuff just little tools like that make a big difference deployments are flexible available in on-premises or web services secure ftp processing and SaaS delivery options Check out these testimonials from Melissa's happy customers. Uh, Quote, Melissa's price was one of the key reasons we decided to try this software over the competition. Its performance seemed quite good for the price, and it was. It is a simple to use software with excellent results. For example, it barely take a couple of clicks to perform the entire debugging process. End quote. And, And another happy customer says, quote, The data hygiene solution is world class and we benchmarked Melissa against the big names in data. When the cost is factor in, it is no contest. 
end quote. Wow, pretty strong. Since 1985, Melissa has specialized in global intelligent solutions to help organizations unlock accurate data for a more compelling customer view. Melissa has ranked number one across overall enterprise, mid-market, and small business segments in various categories such as price, reporting, and ease of use. Melissa continually undergoes independent security audits to reinforce this commitment to data security, privacy, and compliance requirements. Yes, they are SOC 2, HIPAA, and GDPR compliant. You need the big three, right? Make sure your customer contact data is up to date. Get started today with 1,000 records clean for free at melissa.com slash twit. Again, that is melissa.com slash twit. And we thank Melissa for their support of hands-on photography. All right. So let's take a look at the other options available to us. Uh, So again, you're probably going to find this in Photoshop. You're going to find this in Affinity. I'm not so sure you're going to find it in GIMP uh, being free and open source. Maybe, but I know these paid products offer it. And what I'm talking about is artificial intelligence. Yeah, we've talked about AI being used in the world of photography and content creation before. And so many people continue to throw that that phrase out of AI is just going to take away jobs and blah. No, it's not. It's not. AI is here to help creators, help photographers. Uh, And this is a prime example of it really helping us out. So if I go back to Photoshop and we'll just take a look at um, some of the neural filters that came with Photoshop. And this is the, at the time of recording, you know, this is, uh, November, 2022, uh, the latest version of Photoshop at the time. And it has neural filters in it. And some of these filters are not going to be available if you don't have the latest version of Photoshop installed. So what you do is, let me see, we'll click on our copy here make sure we're on the right layer. Got it. So what you do is go up to the filter menu. And then there's the option that says neural filters. I can never say that word. Something about my Southern drawl just really trips me up. Now, once you get into the neural filter section, you'll see a whole bunch of different filters in here. Uh, a bunch of these I'm probably going to, uh, I'll never use these, but there's a couple in here that are beta that you can download that just might be quite helpful. And one, for example, at the time recording this video is the beta photo restoration tool. And if I just click down here at the bottom to just turn it on like so, and you'll see at the bottom of the screen, there's this photo processing on the device progress bar. That's basically the AI is doing its work on your computer. So depending on how fast your computer is and all the resources you have is is how fast this will actually handle the processing for you. And it's done already because now I can see that this little OK button is is highlighted so I can click it if I'm done. All right. So in this did OK, you know, if we do a little bit of a before and after, this is a before and after button. So if I click on that, that's the before. And this is the after and that's it's okay. I mean, that just changed up the tonality on it a little bit and looks like it did a little noise reduction. My skin looks a little bit better. Yeah, but this it still could be better. You know, I'm seeing some artifacts there like that. So there's this adjustment options here all over here on the right hand side in the menu. You got the enhancement. You got the face enhancements. You got scratch reduction, noise reduction. Let's take a look at scratch reduction, you know, because, again, those scratches and folds are they really stand out in this image. 
So let me move this over so we can see a little bit better like that. There we go. So let's go to scratch reduction and I'm going to push it up to, you know, maybe 10 or so. Well, that says 11 and we're going to let it think. And Mr. Victor is going to play the, I guess it's Jeopardy music as it's thinking. Do, 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 do. <laughs> While we wait on this or just through the magic of editing, we're going to just skip forward right here. All right, so that's done. It's finished its little process. And yeah, this is that's much improved. I still can see a little bit of a crease going across my face here, but still from a before and after standpoint. So let's click that. That's way better. That crease is gone. This crease is for the most part gone because it totally goes across my lip. The one on my leg. Yeah, the one on my leg is still there, but that's. I could still fix that using, you know, a healing brush and clone stamping and things like that. But check out my face, though. My face is really smoothed out and I could probably, you know, tell it to back off that because that almost looks a little too fake. So let's tell it to back off on that just a touch and see how it goes. Yeah, that's getting a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I was young, but good grief. I wasn't that young. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a little bit better there. But it's nice. Is it, This is just AI doing its thing. And again, you could just continue to play around with it and get rid of some of the scratches and things like that on the screen. Just to give you a good starting point to go back to that more tedious side of things of doing the noise reduction, not noise reduction, doing the scratch removal and fold removals and things like that. Uh, so this is... Uh, I love that you can you can either have it just apply it to the layer directly or you can apply it to a brand new layer so you can sort of work non-destructively. The choice is yours. And again, it is a good starting ground. And even if you want to get into doing colorizing here, there is a colorized filter also available in this that may or may not work. Your mileage may vary. Uh, I've always found it curious to play around with these tools here because you know, I know what this image looked like umpteen gazillion years ago um, when this when this picture was taken uh, with film and it's black and white. I, I but I know what the colors look like, even though the the print does not have the, the actual color in it. So let's just uh, say colorize here, turn that on, and it's gonna think. And by golly, it didn't do too bad. Look at that! Wow. <laughs> That's not that's not bad, right? Now the, the the red helmet isn't quite the same, but that blue is pretty close. That's pretty close to my skin tone. Um wow. Yeah, I dig that. And when you're done, you know, you can just click okay. So I'm gonna go back and just click okay here and it should take us back to the image. And again, once we're done, you know, we can just get to work and start playing around with the you know, the, the little uh, scratch removals and fold removals and get rid of some of these little artifacts like that and just clean this bad boy up. Look at this, you know, so it's easy to get rid of scratches like that. As a matter of fact, there's even a filter in here <laughs> for dust and scratches. So if we go to filter, noise, dust and scratches, 
And you can remove all of this stuff just by playing around with the different sliders. I don't do this too often because sometimes it gets a little too aggressive. But just play around with it like so and just hit OK. But I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm just a little bit more manual with the controls. But yeah, that is it, folks. That is the general process of going through photo restoration. All right. So I hope that's been helpful to you, Mr. Chad. I appreciate you writing the email and sending that on over to me. I, I, I thought it was a timely topic considering how many times I've seen this in my inbox in the last couple of weeks. Figured I should talk about it. So thank you so much for sending that in. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, everybody else out there in hands-on photography world, do like Mr. Chad and just send me an email. Hop at twit.tv. Again, it's hop at twit.tv. And um, I'll answer it as soon as I can. Um, I'm not always the fastest on answering, but I do answer all of them right now while I still can. Uh, Also, feel free to give me a tag over on social media. If you have your questions and comments there, you can do the same for Twitter and Instagram. Follow me over on on Instagram. I am Ant underscore Pruitt. And on Twitter, I am Ant underscore Pruitt. I've been getting some tags on Instagram, and it's pretty funny and pretty fun to see some of the images that are being shared with me. Y'all are quite good at this photography thing, and dadgummit, I'm going to take credit for it because I know I've been helping y'all get better. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much. Um, but yeah, thank y'all for all the support over on social media. Okay, now do me a favor. Once you follow me on social media, once you subscribe to the show, please tell some other folks about the show. Help grow the hands-on photography community. Help get more folks in here to watch the show or check out the show. Just share it out. Share it with all of your with all of your favorite friends and family and share it with one enemy if you have to. Doesn't matter to me. Just get these folks watching the show. I appreciate it, y'all. Thank you to my man, Mr. Victor, for making me look and sound good each and every week and handling all of these wonderful screen glitches and screen edits and things like you normally do, my man. I appreciate you. You really do help me out, brother. All right, folks. Hey, safely, 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 because people are still getting sick out here, y'all. Create and dominate. And I'll catch you next time. Hey, we should talk Linux the operating system that runs the internet, but your game consoles, cell phones, and maybe even the machine on your desk. And you already knew all that. What you may not know is that TwitNow is a show dedicated to it, the Untitled Linux Show. Whether you're a Linux pro, a burgeoning sysadmin, or just curious what the big deal is, you should join us on the Club Twit Discord every Saturday afternoon for news, analysis, and tips to sharpen your Linux skills. And then make sure you subscribe to the Club Twit exclusive Untitled Linux Show. Wait, you're not a Club Twit member yet? Well, go to twit.tv slash Club Twit and sign up. Hope to see you there.